<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Work Party, the podcast where we are throwing out the rule book and bringing you real talk and hot takes on what is happening in the working world right now, because life moves fast. If we've learned anything from the past few years, it's that the only constant is change, and we can't pretend everything is status quo. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Founder Files, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs about their journey to building their business. We've all heard the shiny founder stories. This is not that. We talk high highs, brutal lows, and the secrets to success that got them to where they are today. Tactical, tangible, and chock full of takeaways. Let's dive in. Since she first appeared on the hit reality shows The Hills and The City in the early aughts, Whitney Port has attracted an international fan base with her relatable attitude and unique style. And that audience has grown up with her over the decades since she was on MTV, social media, where she currently sits with 1.5 million followers just on Instagram. As a TV personality, Whitney saw the true realities of being a public figure from a formative age and now as an entrepreneur, mom, and influencer, she continues to build a personal brand that's largely founded on her willingness to be open and honest with her followers about the ups and downs of life. Today, Whitney is joining me to discuss how building a brand is more and more tied up with having a public persona. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Whitney. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I love it. This is so exciting to chat. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Your intro is amazing. I feel like I should save that for my own bio. Perfect. Done and done. We can copy paste that for you. Perfect. Also, though, I have to say I was using chat GBT the other day yeah. and I, I was like, What's a bio for me? And it was so beautiful. I was like, oh, we're all going to lose our jobs. I know. (laughs) I have been using it lately, too. Like, I literally woke up this morning and I was like, what's the best thing to do when you wake up? And it was like, well, it varies from person to person, but you may want to drink some water. You may want to take a walk for some fresh air. It was like, I I use it for help with captions. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't want it taking over our jobs. Obviously, they're scary. But yes, it's amazing. I love it. So just to give some context... Whitney and I have known each other for, I want to say, 15 years. Stop it, I right? I feel like it now. has to have been that long. Like, early, early when you and Paige had the fashion line. Yes. And, like, I had an office downtown. And I yes. remember, I just remember us, you know, kind of at the beginning. Well, you were far further ahead than I was. But, like, still very we beginning. were still just, like, I think I'm starting this. I think I'm doing this. And so, you know, again, really, like, early, early days of Instagram, anything social media related. Like, that wasn't even really a thing. No. I mean, when I was doing the show, The Hills, and then even The City, there was no 
social media yet. So that was really great for me because I didn't have to control like another narrative that I had no Mm. control over. But when I started doing my clothing line, it was really when like, I always say, I always say like, had I started my clothing line now and e-com had been such a big thing and social media had been such a big thing, I think that like my clothing line could have hit, but it just wasn't It was not like that. It was showrooms. It was selling to boutiques, like getting into the big stores first. It was not like owning your customer, making your own site, like doing direct to consumer right away. So now it's, I don't want to say it's easier because it's not easy to start a brand by any means, but like there are so many ways to connect with people now. Yeah. And yeah. so many things like building a website back then was oh my God. Like truly yeah. impossible. Impossible. Yeah. And even now I'm, I don't, I'm like, I don't even really understand it, but it was like so expensive to build the website. Crazy. I remember finding that co- this company, Chloe Digital, who the best. Yeah. yeah. Who digital brand architects hooked me up with hooked me up with because they were like the first company that was building not the the first, but one of the first that was building like blogs, personal and, brands, and, websites yeah. and personal brands. So they definitely helped me with that. And I still have like the blog portion of my whole world because like you still need a place for people to go to find everything. It's mm. like a hub. There's not so much action necessarily, but you still want that like space that's basically like your online resume. Yeah, I do feel like there might be like a cyclical moment, though, where it's like we were like all blog, like all website. And then it was like social, 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 social. Back, back to blog, to back to website. So like, I think it's a good idea to keep it. Yeah. Keep that SEO alive. Yeah, I agree. But when you were first starting out, yeah. like I mentioned, the hills, the city. Yeah. I mean, really, that was us weekly culture. Like yes. when it came to people talking about you, like you said, there was no narrative. There was no r- rebuttal. You could not respond, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And so what was that like kind of going through that phase of it? So I think I can speak on behalf of the whole cast that everybody would say, like we were, like I said, we were very relieved that none of that was happening because Mm -hmm. an episode would go go out and we wouldn't, there were no chat rooms. We didn't know how people were thinking. So it was, you were relying on press. Like you had a publicist, everybody had a publicist. Getting in Us Weekly was like the big thing that you Mm -hmm. wanted to get into. And PR was, was huge. Like PR was what you had to get your name out. But I like never wanted the fame. Mm. I went into it just wanting a fashion internship. Like I was going to USC. I applied for a job at Teen Vogue to have a fashion internship in the fall. Next thing I know, MTV's calling me being like, we're going to film a show at Teen Vogue about four girls living in LA. Like you would be one of them. How does that sound? And I was like, okay, you know, like, Sure. Why not? I had no idea. I think I made like a thousand dollars that whole season of The Hills. <laughs> Amazing. Or something. But I, I, the the fame portion for me was all was never like a thing because I wasn't trying to get it. Right. So I was really like appreciative of everything that was coming in, but I was never trying to do anything for the fame. But then I think that now you know, it's a whole different world. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I was going to say, when you guys started, there was no roadmap. No, there was no roadmap. So you were literally basically just going along with what your gut feeling told you to do and then what the producers were like, quote, manipulating you into. Like Mm. you weren't, you were thinking a little bit about how you were going to be edited, but you weren't, you were not thinking about all these conversations that were going to be had about you. And I think that's why maybe I was able to like 
stay pretty confident and stay in my own lane and like start a business and be level-headed because I didn't have all those like outside voices coming in, you know? Yeah. yeah. You kind of were collateral damage in a way. Like you were like, yes. cool, I'm here. Yeah. But I, I think that also is why you're probably so likable and all these things. But even the, all of the cast, like it, the formula had not been figured out yet of you get on a reality show. Now, if someone got that phone call, oh, by the way, MTV is going to film this. They're going to be like, great. Yeah. I'm going to go on. I'm going to be kind of the bad girl. I'm going to like get the clothing line. I'm going to do a vitamin line. Like, yeah, you know, like there's you have like the whole plan. Let's ride. I yeah. mean, I think people moved to L.A. for that plan, like to get cast on a reality show where they can fit some kind of role and then immediately get the endorsements. And like that does happen. Of you know course, what I mean? Yeah. Like that that does happen. I mean, obviously, there's less money to be made in reality TV now than there was back then because the market is just so saturated. Yeah, But yeah, it is. It, I, I had no idea that it was going to open all these doors for me. You yeah. know, like I thought I was just going to have this internship and then I was going to get out of college and like go work in fashion somehow. And like what it did was just put my face in front of all these people. And I still think that there's still nothing quite like the exposure that you get from TV mm -hmm. when you're a reality person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like people think a lot of these housewives, like they think that they can still, they leave the show and then they're, that they want to come back because they realize that no one is as big as the show is, yeah. you know? So like it, the TV shows are still really powerful in comparison to social media, I mm -hmm. think. But we were all just kind of like learning as we went. Yeah. yeah. No, there was no there was no map, as no. I mentioned. So yeah. I think you guys were kind of the guinea pigs of reality TV in that way when everyone went on to launch their own kind of careers and brands and things like that after. And obviously, I think because you were one of the first, you've maintained, you know, that interest, like people want to check in with you. And even for you, you know, you've gone from intern to business owner to wife to mom to all these different things and mm -hmm. you've kind of taken everyone along with you so tell me a little bit about what you decide to share and what you don't and yeah. maybe talk a little bit about your YouTube series you yeah. launched a couple of years ago. Yeah. So basically when I was on the hills and, and the city was a little bit more based on my personal life, but I always made it very clear with my producers. I was like, I'm a student in college. I do not want any of my personal life shown on TV. Like I will come into work. I will work alongside Lauren. I will be the intern. But like my boyfriend's not being on the show. My family's not being on the show. So I had set very clear boundaries again, because like I wasn't desperate to be on the show. Like I wasn't auditioning for it. So I think that what happened was people saw that. They saw that I wasn't searching for that. And I think I became like a a, a best friend to people. Like mm -hmm. people really felt like they knew me and I was the person that Lauren would come to. And so there was a lot of great, I, like I got a lot of great editing and I, I was also obviously myself, but I was positioned on the show as like a no drama character. And that really, really, really helped me. And like, I don't want to, uh, sometimes I say that about the editing and then I feel like that takes away from myself and it adds to a little bit of imposter syndrome. Mm. And, and I wonder like, oh, is it just because the editors made me seem this way that I got this success and why people feel, you know, similar to me or whatever. But I have to remember that I always stayed true to myself. I never did anything on the shows that I wasn't going to be proud of or that I thought was going to be spin in some way. And then I think, like you said, there was something about that stage of reality where there were no other shows like it. Mm -hmm. And they were the first of its time that our names like really stuck with people, you know, like 
Lauren Conrad, Spencer Pratt, Heidi Montag. Like, there are those names because there was no other show like it. Now, there's a million, million reality shows. stars mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily following all of them or getting as connected because there's just like so many that you think are cool. So I'm really grateful for that. Like I'm grateful that I was part of something that was at the forefront of of an industry. But I also, I didn't really feel comfortable sharing anything very personal until I got control Mm. of the editing and of the narrative because I just didn't feel comfortable putting my life into someone else's hands for other people to then chop up and have opinions about. So when I first started really being vulnerable, it was when I started doing I Love My Baby Butt, which was our first series on YouTube that I did with my husband. And it was really him that pushed me to do it. He pushed me out of my comfort zone. Like I was feeling so shitty and bad about myself and not excited to be pregnant and all these feelings that I felt were like monstrous feelings. Like no woman probably has it. And my husband said to me, who's a producer, he was like, Whitney, I feel like you really should share this. Like if you're feeling this way, there has to be other people that feel this way too. And so I decided just like on a way, I was just like, okay, let's do it. And once, sometimes I just have to make decisions like that. Sometimes I need to take a lot of time. And then sometimes like I try not to overthink Mm -hmm. it because then I'll never get anything done. But so this one, I was just like, I led with my gut feeling. I knew Timmy was onto something. And so we put it out there and it was like, oh my God, I feel this too. Like finally someone saying this. And this was at the beginning of, I think when people were really starting to open up about motherhood, motherhood on social media and, and not feel bad about it. So that was really the first foray into allowing my vulnerability to be like the focal point of of my career, which it sounds like a marketing tool almost. But I think that that is what people knew me as from the show and what they continue to know me as now, because it is just me like I just don't I, I want to share what I'm going through. And I I don't really care that much about mm-hmm. what other people think because I have a good way of separating what is really going on versus what people think is going on. And I know my reality. And so sometimes I will respond and and write back. And like even this week, stuff about my body is coming up. And I sometimes I feel the need to write back and sometimes I don't. But for the most part, I think that I'm just able to be vulnerable because the majority of the people that are listening are feeling a similar way. And if they're not, then I'm not your vibe. I'm not your, you know, we're not for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get to that place of feeling like that? Because I can't imagine it was just like, oh, I'm cool with, I like reading that first negative comment, like, yeah, okay, I'm fine. You know, because I've gotten them, we've all gotten them. And it's, it's, you get to a place where you like can ignore, but I feel like it takes a minute to get there. It does. So I don't know what it is for me. It's like, when it comes to my looks, it bothers me. Mm. But when it comes to anything else, I don't care because I know everything else is kind of like, like I'm confident about. Mm. But I feel like when people start to say stuff about how I look or how I've aged or how I've lost weight or whatever it is, that's when I start to just be like, I start to maybe think it's true because looks are something that are like, do you get what I mean? Subjective. It's, it's, yeah. So, so it's so stupid and I shouldn't care 
because the people that are making the comments about how we look are obviously so insecure Mm -hmm. and have their own issues and who knows where it's coming from. But sometimes there's a part of it that hits a nerve because you were thinking it too. And you're just like, oh, shit. And then you feel bad about yourself. But then you go through stages like you. For me, it's like I read something. I'm like, this makes me feel bad. I start, I wonder if it's true or not. Right. And then if it's not true, I probably will like write back to the person and say something like, well, that wasn't very nice. Or like, why did you feel like you wanted to take the time to write that? Something like that. And then most of them, like, I'll just ignore. And if I think that maybe there's some truth to it, then I have to do some, like, personal digging. And why why am I insecure about this person mm-hmm. telling me that I look so old since the, they saw me on the hills? Why am I so insecure because someone said that I look like, you know, it's so unhealthy and underweight? Like, is there anything true there that I have to look into? But then you spiral even more and you're like, but like, I don't even know this person. You know what I mean? Totally. Like what's true and what's not true? Yeah. Am I even insecure about how I look? Like, am I even really insecure? Or am I insecure just because people are making comments Pointing about it out, it? yeah. So it's like a very confusing thing. Book your next getaway without ever losing sight of your wellness routine. At Weston Hotels, uncover signature offerings that help you move, sleep, and eat well, all while you're on the go. With more than 200 locations around the world, Weston is dedicated to elevating your well-being no matter where you are. Maintain your fitness routine and get moving at the Weston Workout Fitness Studio filled with state-of-the-art equipment. You can even elevate your workout experience without stepping outside your hotel room. Simply request fitness and recovery gear to be delivered straight to your door on demand. For those of you who prefer outdoor workouts, don't miss the opportunity to join a group run led by Weston's Run Concierge, accompanied by an expert running guide. After your workout, recharge and eat well with Weston's Eat Well menu, designed with foods that make sure your nutritional needs are met. Weston chefs have crafted dishes with your well-being in mind, making it easy for you to continue nourishing your health no matter the destination. When relaxation calls, recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed and enhance your experience by unwinding with Weston's Sleep Well Lavender Balm, an aromatic blend of lavenders and chamomile oils. Weston Hotel and Resorts is part of Marriott Bonvoy, an extraordinary portfolio of hotel brands and award-winning ex-travel programs. At Weston, wellness is seamlessly a part of your stay, enabling you to move, eat, and sleep well. Visit weston.com to book your stay today. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. It's extremely unfair, I think, also as women, the way we get covered by the media. I yeah. think, you know, it's a salacious headline, as you mentioned this week, that your last week or whatever it was, yeah. that there was like headlines about you looking like too skinny. But they know people are going to click on that. Right. Right. So right. it's like they're going for the lowest common denominator in like how can we get people to look or click or do these things. Mm-hmm. And I think also as women, you know, there's this constant pressure. You know, it's it's you know, be funny, be smart. When America Ferreira had that the monologue, monologue and Barbie, I like immediately, the tears <laughs> were just streaming down my face because it everything, it was just like, it's such a confusing thing for women because 
you if you're 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 thin or you're too thin, you're fat or you're too fat. It's like it's you know what I mean? Like for me right now, yes, I'm underweight for what I should be, right? Like I I I know that. And that's not anything that I've purposely been doing. It's a lifestyle thing. I'm a busy mom. I'm not taking care of myself as best as I should be. Okay. And so like I admit that. And I think it's as simple as that. But then when people start making all these claims and doing all this stuff, I'm like, I I I have people send it to me too, which is also Ugh. crazy. And I have to just like really tune it out. Yeah. I have to tune it out. And I don't have like Google alerts or stuff like that. And and but, I, and yeah. then I think to myself, this is so m- small to what so many people have to deal with. Like, just keep it in perspective. Yeah. You know, I love that. I think for you also, like, you know, just even saying I'm a busy mom, I'm running around. Yeah, I'm not taking the best care of myself. Like, there's so many moments in life where, again, you are so in your own life, you don't even realize it. Like, I look back yeah. on photos recently when I was in the depths of running Crate and Cultivate when it was insanity and I was just traveling all the time and I looked like scary, like, like haggard. haggard. Yeah, you're not. You're not thinking yeah. about it, and you're looking in the mirror. And you're like, oh, it's fine. Like it's it's the last priority. You know, a hundred percent. Yeah, and it's like, and uh, even for you, it's like all the events where I was glammed and stuff. Like I looked great, but like there was like these personal photos where I was like, I look like a like a true walking zombie. Like yeah. I need vitamins. I need sleep. I need a doctor's appointment. Yes. ASAP. Yeah, and but it was like I was like, wow, and because c- in my head I wasn't like I'm not taking care of myself. I Same. just was in the motions of it. Same. And granted, I don't have people calling me out for it in the way that you are. Maybe yeah. my mom. I like. mean, personal <laughs> people were starting to say things yeah. to me like, you know, my my best friend, she was like, I wanted to have this conversation before you started talking about it on Instagram. But now but you've talked about it, So now we can talk about it. You know, Timmy Express, he didn't he wasn't really worried because he lives with me and knows my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like and he knows my how I think. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, this is what, you know, vulnerability is. This is what friendships are right. for. These are what p- care is about. It's coming at you. And again, if someone in your comments com- comes through and is like, hey, I've noticed this, like I'm concerned for you. Great. Like, th- I think that's healthy. That, that is totally healthy. Yes. And that I, I appreciate. And honestly, the majority of my comments that I got were that. So I don't want to be one of those people that only harps on the negative mm. because the majority of the people in my community are really supportive and like send me the nicest, most amazing things and are the reason why I continue to do it. But of course, you always pay attention to like the small percentage of the the haters. Absolutely. I think, you know, again, also just getting back to sort of the timeline of things, you have the Us Weekly stuff and you're, you're, you know, you kind of like are a little bit online now. Then we had, you know, the early dawn of Instagram, which was just beautiful photos. People could comment, but there was no real interaction. And now we're in this phase of constant, like you are posting your day-to-day life. You have to be on TikTok, front of camera. You have to do all these different things. So like, what's your relationship now with social media? Like, are you exhausted? Or yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> so basically, like, I think, like you said, we're probably the same age. So we didn't grow up with social media. Mm-hmm. For me, social media was something that I had to and have to continually learn and remind myself to do because it doesn't come naturally to me. Yep. And I'm always thinking that I should be doing more and I'm always comparing myself to other people and I never feel like I understand it and I never feel like creative enough. And I always am just trying to tell myself to just like stay in my own lane and just do whatever feels comfortable Mm. to me because that's what feels right. But it is a lot. Mm -hmm. 
I am active on Instagram. I don't have any kind of like strategy though. I don't like plan my posts in advance. I don't plan, and you know, unless there's like some business stuff, launches happening, things like that. It's not like a full on strategy for Instagram. My Facebook is like connected and I'm on there and we have a great community. YouTube is amazing. Like Timmy really is on top of that whole community. TikTok, I feel again, a little bit too old for mm-hmm. it. Like trying, I, I was going to go down the rabbit hole and then I went a little bit and then I was like, maybe this isn't for me. I'm trying to figure out social media. And I think like I will always trying to be figuring yeah. out social media. Well, it's moving so fast now yeah. and there's so many new platforms and the way you're supposed to engage on those platforms and and react. Like I think when TikTok launched, I was like, oh yeah, we'll just post from Instagram to TikTok. Exactly. Like we'll just keep moving that content it, right. down the line. Right. And when you realize, oh no, the, that platform, that does not work. Right. And it, it's nothing polished. It's like just hopping on and having these conversations. And I was actually like coaching someone yesterday who similar to us, like beautiful aesthetic, great Instagram, like gorgeous, gorgeous. And, you know, she was like, how do I grow my business? I was like, sadly, I think we have to unlearn all the beautiful curated things we, we learned do. I and know. go full like I was like I still full like raw. the millennial pause cracks me up because it's so me I'm like hey guys <laughs> <laughs> it's like no just jump in with the content right it doesn't have to be hey guys yeah I always do so yes, yes. yeah always that's Love really funny so. no that that actually that that is refreshing I wish I could take a look at social media and not be so overwhelmed by it. I think that we can, though. It's all about how we look at it. And Mm. I think that, like, if we took what you said, stop thinking about how beautiful the pictures are, how your feed's going to look, if the font matches the photo, even though I'd still do that because I'm, like, an aesthetic Aesthetic person. person. Yeah. But I guess, like, for certain, for the different platforms, they require different things, Mm -hmm. which is a lot for a bit a founder to to do on their own. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say also, it's it's not your full time job. It's part of your job. Right. You know, you were doing a bunch of different things, but one of the things that you've been recently doing is designing a collection in partnership with Rent the Runway under your label Love Wit. So tell us a little bit about that collab. Okay. So I've been doing that for three years now. I want to do it like for the rest of my life. It's (laughs) so much fun. I obviously had Whitney Eve, which was my own little baby. I started that with my dad and then my dad passed away and I just we decided not to do that anymore. But I was like, what am what am I going to design now? Like, this is what I really thought that I would be doing had I not been on TV. Mm-hmm. So we started talking to Rent the Runway because they were doing these partnerships where they were allowing designers or influencers to like design their own collection. And then the collections would be able to be rent or bought. So I do two seasons a year with them. I have my next collections coming out in October, Yay. around 20 pieces. It's so, so cute. You can... Yeah, you can rent it or you can purchase it if you really love it. But it's just a way for me to still have that creative aspect of my life because I need that. Like, that's what really fuels me. Everything else is is like fun and, and I want to grow my business. But the creative part is the part that doesn't feel like work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're looking for healthier, younger looking skin that's actually backed by science, you'll want to keep listening. Support from today's episode comes from OneSkin, a breakthrough line of skin health products powered by longevity science to address the root causes of aging. It goes way beyond surface level remedies. The company is founded by a team of four female longevity scientists with over 15 years of experience studying the biology of aging. Here's how it all started. 
After testing over 900 peptides, the OneSkin team discovered OS1, the only peptide scientifically proven to reverse the biological age of skin by targeting senescent cells, the main source of skin aging. The OS1 peptide actually reduces the biological age of skin by several years. Their flagship product, OS1 Face, is clinically validated to improve firmness, fine lines, and overall tone and appearance. Plus, it's vegan, cruelty-free, fragrance-free, and holds the skin-safe seal of approval, making it a perfect choice for even the most sensitive skin types. Okay, now let's talk about routine. One Skin is such a simple part of my personal skincare routine. I can use their products either on their own or combine it with any of my other favorite skincare products. My skin genuinely feels healthier after using OS1, which I can use as a daily moisturizer. It's simple, effective, and doing its job while I'm doing mine. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. OneSkin addresses skin health at the molecular level, targeting the root causes of aging so skin behaves, feels, and appears younger. It's time to get started with your new face, eye, and body routine at a discounted rate, of course. Get 15% off with code WORKPARTY at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with code WORKPARTY. We only have one body, one skin, and only you can choose to make it better. Age healthy with one skin. I love Rent the Runway so much. What advice would you give to influencers who are looking to create more long-term partnerships like that? Because as you mentioned, you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. I feel like you have a lot of long-standing brand partnerships, whereas I feel like a lot of the influencers today are sort of one and done yeah. quick partnerships. So what can you, what advice could you give? I would say to, for, for the partnerships that you really, really want to make sure that you're weaving them in organically into your mm. social media already. I think that the the brands will have just more loyalty towards you if they know that you actually really love and use the product on your own. So even just giving like a little bit of free love, mm. I think whether you're in a contract them, with them or not, just being like a really good partner and giving them more than what they ask for. I think being creative and giving them ideas too, making sure that you're always like the voice of the content and that the brand isn't pushing their narrative too much onto you. I think that, yeah, just going above and beyond always, you know, not just doing what the, the one Instagram story, the two to three stories, like making sure that you are like bringing it into your life in a really more organic way. Yeah, over-delivering yeah. is such great advice. It's I think true. sometimes, especially when you're starting out, you want to stick to the contract and do all those different things. But I mean, again, also, if they're being a good partner to you, it's like create more of that like larger dynamic and that good relationship. Because, yeah. like, you know, people love working with people they like. So totally. I think that that's a great way to think about and it. And making sure that you're looking, which is not something that I do all the time, but looking at the content that you're posting for the brand and seeing how things are performing. Mm. Did the organic story of me talking with the product work or did a beautiful product shot work? Like, look at your analytics and see what people are actually engaging with. I love that. Yeah. So as mentioned, obviously, this is one of the many things that you're doing currently. So mm-hmm. you've done a really beautiful job of diversifying out your businesses, your portfolio Thank of things you. that you're doing. I mean, ob- obviously, you're doing quite a bit. What advice would you give to people who maybe are struggling or just focused on one thing? Do you think diversifying has been the right move for you? Yeah. And like, I love that you've also like started things, stopped things, because I think that's such an important important lesson. 
Okay. First of all, thank you for saying that because I feel very insecure about the starting and the stopping of things. No, people like, just don't talk about it. They do it all the time. They just right. don't talk about you're it. So right. So like I am, I'm very much like, okay, I'm going to start something and I'm just going to share it right away, you yeah. know? And then like, there's not really a plan or like the strategy for growth. And then you're like, oh shit, now I can't, it didn't <laughs> maybe work out. So I think for me, what works is throwing a bunch of things at the wall and seeing what sticks. It. Like I am just that kind of person. I I think there are some people that are very tunnel vision and that, that works for them. But there's so many different things that I like to do. And there's so many different ideas. And my dad was an entrepreneur. I like grew up watching him mm. always reinvent himself, like almost have to reinvent himself all the time. And so I think there's just something like innate, innately in in me that's like that and I also just think like it's an odds thing you know like have a bunch of ideas and maybe one of them is actually gonna work you know what I mean like 100% and I just feel like follow your passions and if there's something that's calling you and you think of something sounds interesting just try it like what's the harm you know granted it may be a little bit of time lost or whatever, but it's always a learning experience. It's so worth trying everything. I think that's such great advice because I think people overthink. Like I know so many entrepreneurs who are like planning the launch of their business for years. Mm -hmm. I'm like, just get it. Just get it out. Get it out. Yeah. You know, because it's also it's a timing thing, too. It's like you want to be like that first to market. But that's true. Here's the reality. And I think everyone needs to hear this. Like I always joke because like every interview I do is about create and cultivate. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, there's so many other businesses I started that like no one even knows about. Yeah. But you just know the one that was successful. That's so true. I know. I literally have a million ideas and like, like there was a styling app that I wanted to do that maybe now is coming back. Like I started talking to someone the other day and I was like, I wanted to do this app 10 years ago. I was talking to the creative director of Meta and he was like, well, maybe that's something we can do now. And I was like, amazing. You know, like I think that, yes, diversifying yourself is really, really important and having different revenue streams too. You know, like the YouTube thing. We were bored in COVID or not bored, but like, you know, we're like, what do we do? We got to make we're business home, for yeah. ourselves. So we're going to start this YouTube thing. Who knows? Like, we didn't even have a way for it to make money except for just ad sales on YouTube. And we did it and it turned into like this whole thing. Exactly. You know? So even if there's not like the money's right in front of you, if you're excited about something, mm-hmm. just do it. Start yes. having the conversation. Absolutely. And I think put it out before you're ready. I think that's really good advice because uh-huh. I love that so much. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to most this year? So much. Okay. Little things like, well, first as as a whole, just really getting back into a routine. My son started kindergarten this morning. So like ah. actually having a schedule where I can take care of myself. Right. I feel like this summer has just been me running around, like not even hardly getting any work done, mm. like just running around with my kid, um, which is still work. But I, <laughs> I need, I'm looking forward to having some structure some time to take care of myself. Um, and I'm all I'm going to a wedding this weekend in New York. I haven't been to New York with my husband, just the two of us Aww. in a long time. So I'm so excited for that. I'm going to go to fashion week. I'm so excited. I'm like work stuff. My Rent the Runway launch is coming out. Amazing. Um, I'm working on like my little flower business, my like weed business that I talked to you about yes. that like I should just get out there, you know, but I'm like being protective about that because that's also a whole other thing. Like I'm, I'm thinking about starting a business in, in the like, 
what do people call it called these days? The weed cannabis. industry. Cannabis. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cannabis industry. And that is something that it's not like a beauty product where no, I can no, immediately no. just come out with lots a lipstick. Lots of regulations. Lots yeah. of regulations, lots of opinions, lots of effects that it could have on any hypothetical job for me you know so that's something that I'm like working on and want to f- be thoughtful about it but at the same time like I'm like I should just get it out there yeah and just yeah we're it. like caveat if you have Cave- a product that needs a lot of research yeah maybe don't just launch it <laughs> totally <laughs> so, always a caveat yeah always a caveat yeah but no but that's really exciting as well yeah. such a um cool new industry and I it's one of the first industries where women are really paving the way so that's really exciting well, yeah and like there's a lot of work to be done in terms of destigmatizing the use for women. Oh, and yeah. I know you being in like with the wine, real it's it's women, it's this, it goes back to the same thing. Like we could do the same exact things as men, but for some judged reason differently. totally judge differently. Ugh. So I want to do something about that. I, I love that so much. Well yeah. Whitney, so much fun today. Oh Thank God, you for so being fun. so honest and open and vulnerable with us. My like pleasure. I always love chatting with you. Same. You're the best. Can you tell same. everyone where they can follow you yeah. and learn more and send you tons of positive comments please i need <laughs> all of them so i'm whitney eve port on instagram whitney port on youtube like whitney port everywhere else and then whitneyport.com <laughs> amazing yeah. thanks so much thank you thanks for listening to this episode of work party if you like what you heard follow leave a review rate the pod or slide into my dms check out our membership program insiders designed for go-getters and game changers like you Sign up today at CrateCultivate.com. Follow us at Work Party and at Jacqueline R. Johnson on all platforms. And be sure to head to CrateCultivate.com to keep up with all the latest events, content, and community designed to help you level up your life and career. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.